0: everybody i'm kelly ellers i'm jeffrey lennon and this is volume up by the t's another week another wonderful week closer to the holidays my favorite time here how about you
1: my favorite time too let's (laughs) let's say it i'm actually in town for the holidays in town near kelly we're actually in the same building building although different spaces and we'll leave it at that
0: i saw you irl like Mm -hmm. there you were it's been years you arrived, yep, and it was wonderful,
1: and nobody would know from this recording, but <laughs> but we are physically in the same space we are. I'm in our podcast recording studio. Kelly's in our office mm-hmm. and we're just going to leave it there.
0: We're there. We're here, but here, but there,
1: <laughs> yes, um, and speaking of here but there, yeah. there is a really beautiful salon space that I'm really into um. I feel like interior design blogs should really get into covering salon spaces because they can be beautiful. Yes. And one such blog has done that mm-hmm. and good for them because they brought us a beautiful salon space in Russia Um, and it's chromed out. It's gorgeous. I'm obsessed with it. What are your thoughts? It's gorgeous.
0: It's gorgeous. And, you know, there are a couple other salons that they mentioned even in here, one in Toronto mm-hmm. um, that I was totally vibing on as well. So here's my question for you. If you were developing, owning, opening, mm-hmm. first of all, would it be a barbershop? Would it be a salon? Would it be a spa? Mm. What would it be? And then what would your aesthetic be? Because I feel like it'd be really hard <sighs> to pick one and run with it.
1: Yeah, I think that I would be the disaster space. Okay, great. Where I couldn't make up my mind. <laughs> um, I think, no, no, no. That's I think that's, you You nailed it. Because I don't know that I would want necessarily a barbershop. Okay. Maybe it would be a salon space. I feel like I wouldn't want to go super modern, right? And old world can look tacky, mm-hmm. so it's tough. I know. I don't. I feel like I'm not the right person. I'd have to enlist a firm. All right, I have to get some pro help to make that come. What would your mm-hmm. salon space look like?
0: Well, I've designed a few offices in my day with help, certainly, and my current vibe is very sort of outgoing, bold wallpaper, and I. I certainly know that that's not going to be in forever, but I think I'd head there first. A little exposed brick, some wood floors, some very vibey wallpaper.
1: See, that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. We're not too far off. Mm -mm. I like those old world elements. Okay. Um, I need a mix. I don't think I could do chrome.
0: I need mixed metals. I need all of it. And then be prepared in five years to do it again, to redo it.
1: That's true. That's that's exactly right. Um, if you've got a beautiful salon space, tag us. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Because we want to see it. We want to see it. Um, we're always fiending for that kind of content. Indeed,
0: we are. On our last episode, we talked with Alfredo Lewis. Alfredo is a licensed professional and educator with over 20 years experience. He's had a sensational career as a celebrity hairstylist, master colorist, brand ambassador, and business executive. Alfredo was trained at the prestigious L'Oreal Academy in New York and specializes in balayage, blonding, and advanced coloring. He has also built a social media presence with over 800,000 followers on Instagram and TikTok. His passion is supporting fellow hairstylists and sharing his love for the industry through community. You don't want to miss this conversation. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at ReadTheTease.com and send in questions and beautiful salon photos to at thetees.com.
1: This week, we're talking with Cassandra McLaughlin. McLaughlin is an award-winning colorist, three-time salon owner, certified business coach, and digital content creator. In both business and hair color, she believes strategy and intention are integral to success. She's widely recognized as a color correction expert and focuses on detailed yet efficient color services. As an international educator featured on hundreds of stages, Cassandra is known for her dynamic and approachable style of education and for bringing practical solutions to complicated problems. With 13 years of experience of in-salon education, Cassandra is comfortable teaching in various scenarios, digitally, in-person, small groups, hands-on classes, large group workshops, recorded education, and panels. Her education focuses on advanced technical skills, clear communication, and a solid business strategy coupled with mindset work. Because Cassandra recognizes the value of personal development and the role mindset plays in success, she became a certified NLP practitioner and certified mindset coach. In her executive coaching program, Cassandra helps beauty pros and professional beauty brands to up-level, to level up their business through confidence-centered leadership and communication coaching. Stick around.
0: So I want to get into the next topic. So our friends over at whowhatwhere.com, they released a report saying that, Waterless Beauty was one of 2022's biggest trends. And if you're a loyal listener, you know that for a long time on season one, episode one, season one, what is that?
1: Season one, for sure. Maybe even episode one. We've been talking (laughs) about it for a while.
0: You know that in season one, we were asking our guests at the end of the pod in our quick takes. And if you're a loyal listener, you know that we had some of our experts on our podcast weigh in over the last year on if they would choose bar shampoo, or liquid shampoo. So are we surprised that this is one of the biggest trends?
1: I mean, I'd like to think that we were ahead of the curve on this one. Um, no, I'm not surprised at all. And it should be. Like this is exciting to see that the data is bearing that, you know, the consumer trends are changing, that people are into this. We ought to be more mindful. Right. Especially I mean, I'm not currently in California, but California, it seems like is always in a drought. Yep. We're constantly being told to conserve water and like this is an easy way to do it. So hell yeah.
0: Hell yeah, we're here for it. Have you tried any yet?
1: The deep, deep shame just washing <laughs> over me. Um, washing. Look at that. Oh no, no, I haven't. Um, I know. All right. I'm a bad, I don't practice what I preach is what's coming out in this very podcast, mm-hmm. but I'm open to it. Exposed. <laughs> I feel like I'm generally pretty good. Yeah. I do use some bar, etc., but not the ones that are specifically mentioned in this piece. All right. How about that? There you go. But I'm, I'm interested in converting even more. How about that? I like it. We're going to, we'll give it to them. 2023. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. New Year's resolutions. It's right around the corner. Yes. You guys can resolve to do better <laughs> with me. How about that? All right. Speaking of doing better, let's talk about things that are trending on our sites. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news, looking into trends and diving into brands that you don't know, but you should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up. How Dream Girls co-founders are making long, healthy hair a reality for Black women everywhere. While natural hair care lines may be a dime a dozen these days, sisters and professional hairstylists Tanya Thompson and Cherie Wilson have real experience to back theirs up. The duo who have been recognized for the reputation of having magic hair growing hands co-founded Dream Girls, a salon and hair care brand that's helping to break the myth that Black women can't grow long, healthy, natural hair. Having only launched in March of 2020, their brand is still very much a newcomer in the hair space, and yet they're making big waves. We recently caught up with Thompson and Wilson to learn more about what has inspired the product line, how they achieved over 2.5 million dollars in sales during their first year, and what's next for the Dream Girls brand. Head to thetees.com to learn more about them. Question for you: Yeah, have you heard of Dream Girls? I hadn't. I hadn't. And I feel terrible. I feel like I should.
0: Right. But I do love their mission, their vision, the products and wish them the utmost success. But I don't know if they're going to need my wish.
1: No, no, no. I think <laughs> that they're going to do just fine. Um, I'm fully obsessed with their whole healthy hair care system. Yeah. They talk a lot about it in the piece. Um, it's such a cool deep dive into how a brand gets started, how they brought stuff to market. Yep. Like it's it's one of the better ones. So check out that article um, and shout out to them. Go follow Dream Girls which like love the name. All right, next story on the com. the ABS Global Image Awards are back. Here's how to answer. Here at the Teas, we love a good beauty competition. That is why we are excited to hear that America's Beauty Show by Cosmetologist Chicago has officially announced the return of the ABS Global Image Awards. For those who don't know, this internationally acclaimed industry competition celebrates the passion and artistry of professional and emerging stylists in an image and video competition that features professional and student categories. This year's competition will offer participants from across the globe the opportunity to enter their fiercest collections and storytelling in nine different professional categories and two student categories, all of which happen to be gender neutral, which we love.
0: Mm, We love that. The
1: 2023 ABS Global Image Award categories include total transformation, collaboration, professional and student, full concept, hair cutting, texture, barbering, creative color, makeup artistry, and nail design. Current entries are open until January 26th, 2023, at Show.com. there's more deets on the tees. The question for you, Kelly, yes. which category are you most invested in?
0: I mean, I I love to see the nail design, to be honest with you. <sighs> and I love that because for me personally, I've been investing a lot more time and money and energy into my own nails.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And I love the artistry. And sometimes I feel like the nails
1: are overlooked. So I'm here for them. I mean, this is not a controversial opinion on this very podcast Mm -hmm. between the two of us. I'm fully with you. (laughs) Love some nail art. Excited, especially like the last couple of years, people have really been pushing it. Totally. So this one's going to be one to watch. Um, I think barbering for me or total transformation. Okay. That's like...
0: They're all good. They're great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Can't (laughs) wait. Can't wait. All right. Next up on the tease.com, just launched... A New Blonde Me Dry Shampoo Foam. Mm. And I am hooked. That is the article's title. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. With all the dry shampoo drama happening in the industry, which we've talked about on this podcast, mm-hmm. one of our editors tried out the New Blonde Me Dry Shampoo. She prefaces the article by saying that over the years, she's grown extremely apprehensive of dry shampoo as a product in general. And again, all the more reason we've talked about that go a couple episodes back. Mm -hmm. Uh, She found out that she'd rather just let her hair be greasy than have it feel chalky or tinted white at the roots. That being said, she had never found a dry shampoo product that she believed was worth it until she had the opportunity to try Schwarzkopf's New Blonde Me Blonde Wonders Dry Shampoo Foam, which is a mouthful, but I love it. Head to teas.com to read Manon, our team member's review. The question that I got for you. Yeah. How do you feel about a dry shampoo foam?
0: You know what? I've used one
1: before. And?
0: And I like it. Because...
1: The application you're into?
0: I, I am. I like okay. it. Okay. Because okay. sometimes I feel like it's a little bit more of a direct application. So I have very dark hair. And if you don't have dry shampoo for darker tinted hair, darker colored hair, right?
1: You get that cast.
0: You're going to get the cast on it. And then you're brushing it out and you're brushing it out. And so this, you can kind of concentrate and put at the spot. Are you loving my demo, my actual demo? I am. Okay.
1: I am, but I'm also seeing it. You like really painted a picture of how we're just moving that cast right down the hair.
0: Yes. We're just, yeah, we're just getting it right where we need it. And so that's why I'm here for the foam. I'll be interested to see how many other brands innovate in that way.
1: Yeah. I, it's hard for me to get around it. All right. I just have like scars of like mooses and stuff from the past.
0: But do you use dry shampoo on the regular?
1: No, no, no. No, I don't. I don't. So I shouldn't really open my mouth. Oh, there you go. But it's just, there's something about a, a foam application where I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm asking important questions here on this podcast. As always, so much going on at thetees.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about.
0: Next up, my conversation with Cassandra McLaughlin, an award-winning colorist, three-time salon owner, certified business coach, and digital content creator. This is an interview I learned so much from. I absolutely love her mindset. So here we go. Cassandra McLaughlin is an award-winning colorist, three-time salon owner, certified business coach, and digital content creator. In both business and hair color, she believes strategy and intention are integral to success. She's widely recognized as a color correction expert, and we're going to get into that, and focuses on detailed yet efficient color services. As an international educator featured on hundreds of stages, she is known for her dynamic and approachable style of education and for bringing practical solutions to complicated problems. With 13 years of experience in salon education, Cassandra is comfortable teaching in a variety of scenarios, digitally, in-person small groups, hands-on classes, large workshops, recorded education, and panels. Her education focuses on advanced technical skills, clear communication, and a solid business strategy coupled with mindset work. Because she recognizes the value of personal development and the role mindset plays in success she became a certified NLP practitioner and certified mindset coach. In her executive coaching program, Cassandra helps beauty pros and professional beauty brands to uplevel their business through confidence-centered leadership and communication coaching. Did I get it all? Did I get all the credentials there? Because... That was a good one. Congrats on your success. I think you got it all. (laughs) Thank you. I
2: think you got it all. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I love it. There's so much to get into today from your time as a salon owner and educator um, and your new business ventures as well. So we're going to kick it off. We're going to go back to the beginning. When did you know that this was your passion, that you were first going to go to beauty school?
2: Yeah, I love this question because it was actually kind of set the tone for my career. There was like this serendipitous moment that occurred. And I remember exactly where I was sitting. I was at home on the couch and I was actually in college. I was in my third year of college pursuing an English degree. All right. Loved it, like was super like into the study and the reading. But I had this question, like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. Like, what the heck am I gonna do? (laughs) And everyone's like, you could be a teacher, you could do this. And everything was like a hard no for me. I was like, I don't wanna be a teacher. I don't wanna be a professor. Like, I don't know what I wanna do. And I always had like really beautiful relationships with my hairdressers throughout the year. Hmm. I had like wonderful, like connection and always like co-created like my next style. And over and over again, they're like, you should be a hairdresser. I was like, no, I can't. No, I can't. And so I was actually sitting on my couch and an Aveda commercial for the school that was just opening locally came on. Mm -hmm. And it was like this really cool song and like this like runway show. And I was just like, locked in a line decision. I'm like, I'm going to do it. No way. Like I'm going to (laughs) go. Yeah. Okay. I have goosebumps. Yeah. It was just so clear. Like it was so clear. I was like, okay, decision made. Now, how am I going to tell my parents (laughs) Mm -hmm. that I'm quitting college?
0: Yeah. You know, that's something that we're super passionate about at the tease is kind of demystifying that whole stigma of like four year, two year trade school, beauty school, no school, whatever it might be. Right. And so we're on a mission this year and next year, in the coming years, working with um, Beauty Changes Lives on an initiative mm-hmm. to continue to kind of break down those walls to reach parents, um, you maybe high school kids, if you will, that this is a wonderful industry to go into. So, what was their reaction when you said, "All right, I'm, I'm pivoting"?
2: It was an interesting reaction. Okay, <laughs> um, especially my dad. Um, he was really invested in me going to college because he was. I was the first of four of their children that went to college. And so it was I think it was more of like an emotional reaction for him. But and and, and that was kind of to be expected. Like they had put a lot of resources and time and energy. But it was such a clear decision for me. I was just like, I know, like, I just know this is the right path, like beyond a shadow of a doubt. And so we had this like initial like, you know, you're not finishing what you started and like all these things. And so I, it really challenged whether or not I felt like this was the right decision, which I'm actually really grateful for on the other end, Mm -hmm. because like I doubled down yeah, and I was like, I'm going for it. And like, again, to kind of tap into the serendipity of the moment, I had an appointment that same week with my hairdresser. And he's like, I don't know why I thought of you. And he gave me an invitation to the grand opening of the Paul Mitchell school that was opening like that week. Come on. Um, And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, universe,
0: <laughs> like, I get this double whammy, right? right? I mean, Nevada, Paul Mitchell. Yeah. Where did you end up going? Did you choose one of those two?
2: Yeah, I went to the Paul Mitchell school in Tampa. Wonderful. Okay. Um, It was brand new opening. And like, um, I was actually it's kind of funny story. I was super shy, like, in general, like really reserved. And so I went to the grand opening, but I was like too scared to go inside because I was watching Aww. all these cool people go in and I was like in jeans and a cardigan and they're like in all black and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up not going to the grand opening, but I scheduled a tour and I was the fourth student enrolled in that school. So I was like, come on, zero, 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 four. <laughs> that was
0: my student. Woo! Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. And what a great school experience. I mean, yeah, the Paul Mitchell schools are highly revered in our industry. So a great foundation. So also a Serendipitous mm-hmm. selection of schools. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you you walked in your first day of school, like take me through school and kind of that first entryway then into the industry.
2: Well, it was interesting because we were there was only eight of us that started. Okay. So there was eight of us in the entire school. Cool. Like we had the, the run of the school. <laughs> and so we got to be part of a little bit of like the learning curve of a new school opening, which had its ups and downs. I mean, with it, I mean, to be fully transparent, there was like learning and growing, but like it really gave me like such a solid foundation because of the curriculum that Paul Mitchell schools bring in. Like no matter what the circumstances, it's like you get like a solid education. And also the clients that came in, like we got almost like real world salon experience very quickly and having such a small class, it was like such hands- on like connection. It was amazing. that's awesome, yeah, that was the beginning. Um, you know, there there's a lot of learning to it. I actually went to day school for half of it, so full time. And then I had to switch to night school and get a full-time job. Wow. Which was a lot of work. Yeah. It was like yes, totally. On every turn it was like, do you want this? Do you want this? (laughs) You sure? Yeah. (laughs) Like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And so I really had to work work through and power through it. But what what tapped into me for school early on was my love of education Mm. and teaching. Okay. And it's really beautiful because a lot of the skills I learned in my three years of college came back full circle throughout my whole career hmm. as far as teaching and like writing. I've written a lot of blogs and articles and things like that. Like yeah. there's just such a full circle moment where it's like nothing's ever wasted time. Yeah. If you can embrace the experience of it. And so um, I really felt like school tapped in for me and my love of like teaching. Cool. And so really quickly after school, um, I pursued the the path of being a national educator for Paul Mitchell. Wow. And within about a year and a half, I was on the road in tiny salons all over arkansas and missouri like teaching color everywhere so it kind of set the tone for the rest of my career
0: that's awesome and that you were able to become an educator so quickly yeah too right i, I mean did. yeah i was ready that speaks, speaks volumes of your your expertise for sure so you know you're then you jumped out into your career with paul mitchell do you what what do you find has been the most valuable in your career beauty school education or your hands-on experience
2: I think it's hard to maybe like prioritize one over the other. But I think like net result, probably in salon experiences where you're going to get okay. like the bumps and the bruises without the mm-hmm. the bumper pads, you know,. Yeah. Of <laughs> um, so I would say probably that. but like also school, like just the fact of going through school, graduating, getting your licensure, like every turn you make, it's like you have to decide how committed you are. yeah. And so I feel like everything holds weight as far as experience. It's like, are you sure? Do you want this? How serious are you going to take it? Where are you going to put your time and energy? And it's like calling you forward to show bigger and better each turn. Mm-hmm. So it's really like a collective journey that I think has been really shaped me not only as like a hairdresser but a business owner and now transitioning into coaching and things like that. Like everything holds like kind of an equal weight of experience to me.
0: That's great. I love that perspective because, and I don't know if I've heard
2: that yet because you know it's it's.
0: I can definitely hear kind of your intuition and your mindset <laughs> coming <laughs> forward and how you approach things because it's a very positive way to look at it. So, speaking of, you know, early on in your career, and then um, now one of the titles I had mentioned in your bio is a trauma informed master coach. Can you explain to our audience what that means, what that title entails as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually um, I've been certified through multiple organizations. I started off with a certification in mindset coaching, neurolinguistic programming, hypnosis and timeline therapy, wow. which are all different modalities of basically working on like the mindset. So okay. if you have limiting beliefs or blocks or obstacles, whether it's business or life coaching, um, I'm certified in those modalities. What I discovered is as I was working through coaching, there was so much trauma and repressed emotion that show up in business. Mm. Like it shows up across the board, but if you're coaching entrepreneurs, the fear, the blocks, the limiting beliefs, they're not just mindset. It shows up in your body. Mm. And so it's like that feeling of like, I want to go forward, but I can't, or I should be doing this, but I'm not. It's like those kind of like stop starts blocks or anxiety that builds up or fear lack of worthiness, not feeling valuable, not thinking anyone's ever going to buy from you, like all these different things, mm-hmm. challenges with pricing, all of those things typically will tap into an emotional root cause. And so what that called me forward to do is I'm, I'm like, if I actually want to help entrepreneurs overcome these blocks, it's not just mindset, it's body work too. Wow. And that's where the trauma-informed master coach certification came in. So that means I went through, um, it's been a total of about two and a half years worth of work, like solid. And I mean, hundreds and hundreds of hours of coaching, primarily outside the beauty industry, which has been a great experience, like entrepreneurs, like authors, artists, lawyers, like tapping into like these like concentric circles of like professionals and entrepreneurs. And we're all dealing with the same (laughs) stuff. It's like all the same emotions show up so much. Mm -hmm. And so where the trauma-informed comes in is, is different types of modalities, like breath work and somatic work, which is body work. Um, dealing with repressed emotions, dealing with different types of trauma, recognizing when someone drops into a trauma response, things can be triggering. Like I know for me, I identified some traumas early on with different business partnerships Mm. where it's like early family relationships would get kind of triggered. That pattern would get triggered in a business partnership. For sure. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to observe that in yourself. So that's where the trauma-informed certification comes in. It allows me to be a fully resourced space in the business coaching world where you actually get to the root of what's causing the blocks Mm -hmm. versus just dealing with the mind. Yeah.
0: That is so interesting. I've got to believe that you're maybe the only or one of the only in our industry that has that type of business coaching training
2: behind you would that be a fair assessment? There's very few of us. Okay. There's actually only one other coach that I know. And she's my best friend <laughs> that has the same certification. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> so it's Elizabeth but yeah, wow. she she's got the same certification. And like, I think we have kind of participated in our own personal healing journey together. And so there's been like this kind of level up and push of like, this works for me. How do we bring this back to the beauty industry? Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing, incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm going to flip the switch a little bit. We're going to talk about um, coloring and colorist education to start. So, you know, I notice on your socials that you, uh, your passion point of yours is color correction, mm-hmm. um, and that's a dicey space in our industry, right? Someone comes in and is like, "Hey, my hair is messed up." Who's going to raise their hand and and try to break that down? <laughs> um, but it sounds like you've done a great job of that. So. How did you initially become so proficient in color correction?
2: It's really interesting. Um, It kind of goes back a little bit to beauty school days. We took like these like personality and aptitude tests, things like that, like the Myers-Briggs and things. And I always scored, like all my assessments were like directly opposite for like 90% of the other hairdressers (laughs) that I was with. Like I was math, logic, strategic, uh, pattern recognition, problem solving. And everyone else kind of was more musical and kinesthetic and verbal like all these like mm-hmm. like kind of like beautiful like movements and artist artistic and mine was more like i need like <laughs> step by step and logic and like give me math you know all these things yeah and i think early on I, I kind of resisted that i'm like i should be more this or i should be more that and once i started tapping into like the actual strengths that i had it automatically lent itself to like these really intense uh color corrections. Huh. Like I had the tenacity to work through it and like the strategy and the planning and the game plan and like feeling comfortable with being able to maneuver through like these incredibly jacked up hair colors, <laughs> like <laughs> disasters. <laughs> And it was like, I had the confidence because I'm like, I I have confidence in my strategy. And that's really what it came down to. And so um, leaning into that, like I started a little bit in school, I kind of tapped into it, but I wasn't really fully tapped in. I started leaning into formulation and started leaning into developing like different placements that made more sense to me and were more efficient. Mm -hmm. And then it slowly progressed into starting with some corrective color work. And I would say about 2014, I had a really big color correction come in, okay. took pictures of it, posted it on Instagram, started growing my following specifically from that, won an award for it. Wow. Like it kind of like started Okay. and then that called in more corrective color work. Interesting. And so that's kind of what got the ball, ball rolling with that. Yeah.
0: It's such a wonderful specialty because... The the panic of needing corrective color is yeah. real, right? And so there's also some fear in going, wait a second, I was either doing this at home, which no one should, um, or went mm-hmm. to someone who was not qualified. And now I'm lending my trust into someone else too. Mm-hmm. So I could see that the proof is in the pudding. Once you had your before and afters, there people were like, Okay, she gets it. Like she's gonna know how to do this. What is your favorite part of that process? Is it breaking down that logic? Is it you know, thinking in your head where you want to get to and kind of backing up the steps. Like, tell me about that.
2: Yeah. It's, it's hard to pick a favorite because it's like, probably like the favorite part is like when you're done (laughs) and you're pushing the curls forward and your client's like, I love it. You know, like that probably is like the pinnacle, like when you have executed and like, but if I had to really kind of like go back to like the beginning of the process, one of the parts I actually love the most is being able to kind of like a solid grounding space for someone who's gone through a little bit of hair trauma Mm -hmm. and like making them feel comfortable or like good again. And with color corrections too, and I say this very openly, you don't always hit your mark the very first time. And maybe you shouldn't because it's so dependent on the hair, but like making someone feel like there's a solution and there's a path to get there. It's really empowering as a stylist. It's like, no, I got you. Like I got this. And like showing up with that confidence is probably where I feel like the strongest and the most empowered behind the chair.
0: I love it. So, if there's any stylists out there that are like mm, still scared of the color correction, like what is your piece of advice for them?
2: Study and practice. Okay. Like I spent a lot of time early on in my career, like even like not hands and hair, but like studying the chemistry of hair color mm. and like understanding it, like getting a, getting really familiar to like what everything does, like. Understanding like lift with ammonia versus lift with peroxide, like your mind can start calibrating like what that's actually going to look like. And it empowers you to like, I call it like custom calibrate like your formulas. You can manipulate your products. You can like create like maximum lift from products that maybe don't always do that, like just by understanding the ins and outs of all those details. So study, 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 study. Yeah.
0: Are there any brands that you want to give a shout out to that are go tos for you in the color correction Mm. process?
2: Yeah, I I mean I've I've worked with Redkin for the last six years as a brand ambassador. So, you know, tried and true, like madly in love with their products. Like obviously of Q is like iconic and amazing. Right. Right. Yeah. And like that was the gateway for me to actually start working with Redkin because of corrective color. Oh. The shade range in Shades of Q was so massive that I'm like, I can get anything I need to correctively tone a scenario. Okay. Um their lighteners, their permanent colors all are amazing. Um, another company that I use and like, it's kind of an underutilized product in corrective color is the rust color eliminate or color removers, Okay, um, like oxidative color removers. Mm-hmm. It's a go-to, but every time I talk about it, people are like, what do they do? I don't know how to use them. I'm like, they'll change your life. Wow. Uh, and then, I mean, I'm a big believer of treatments. Like I use probably four or five different treatments throughout a color service. Okay. So I, I utilize different ones from Redken. I love K18. Um, I think they're one of the most revolutionary treatments in um, common, has a beautiful treatment as well. Mm. So it's like, just like all of it. Yeah. Like I really custom calibrate a, a different mix of brands based off of what my clients need. So it's not just one all the way through. Okay. Yeah. So
0: you're a three-time salon owner. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me a little bit about, um, are you still, you know, with your own salon now, um, are you still getting a lot of the color correction work? Has that evolved? Are you, you know, focusing on different services?
2: Yeah. So where I'm at right now is kind of in a different place than I used to be. So my first salon was like, um, when I first started, it was like root touch-ups and haircuts and full colors. Started tapping into corrective color, but I was like slammed, like 13 to 18 people a day, Ooh, double booked, okay. killing myself, mm-hmm. basically like working my my fingers to the bone. My second salon is really where I started like specializing and leaning into corrective color. Okay. Um, now I'm in a different space because I do so many different things. I'm really selective. So taking clients is a very, very, very small part of what I do okay. at this point. And like the clients that I do take is primarily corrective color and extension work. Okay. So wonderful. Yeah. Got it. Yeah.
0: Um, tell me a little bit about your color correction masterclass.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is actually a program I'm getting ready to launch in January. Amazing. It's a six month program. It's centered around technical skills, mindset, and business. Okay. So it really incorporates like all three tiers that I feel like are... Essential to building a corrective color business, or just a color business in general, because right now we're in a space where a lot of our new clients are corrective color or some version of it. Mm, yeah, and so I mean, color and corrective color are kind of synonymous at this point. But it's really building a a color business, not only that is you know lucrative and you know gives you income and all these things, but it's like you actually enjoy yeah. the process of it. And I think that that, especially with new stylists, like there's so much information flooded at us all the time. It's like, how do you create something that you actually love and that is designed for you specifically? Yeah. And also how do you overcome things like not feeling good enough to charge what you're worth or like how do you know what you're worth? And like how do you have the technical skills, skills if you're working in a suite by yourself mm-hmm. and you don't have someone to bounce an idea off of or whatever it is? So
0: yeah,
2: it's a six-month program. It combines uh, recorded content and live calls. It offers coaching, live coaching in there. So questions get answered, which is something I've done in Corrective Color for years now. Um, I've leaned into Q&A sessions, and that's actually been like the best way I feel like to actually deliver Corrective Color information. Yeah. It's just real-world conversation. And it's really just geared towards doubling your color business within a year. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, Where can people sign up? Yeah. You (laughs) can go to my website. It's CassandraPlatinum.com. And there's a wait list right now. So you just sign up on the wait list and you get the email when it launches. Yeah. Oh, we love a wait list. The anticipation. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So moving then into business and life coaching, um, you know, with your salon, your color correcting masterclass, you've got a lot going on in general. Um, tell me about how you have time to be a business and life coach on top of that,
2: yeah, yeah. so it, it's it's been lessons learned of like how to mm-hmm. strategize and like play Tetris with your schedule. But, um, I really have learned over the years to set things up with a sense of like ease okay. versus complication. And I feel like sometimes, um, just as humans, we make things really, really big. When they can be a little bit more simple. And so, for instance, like I put a lot of work into my business, my salon and retail space. So it's a combo of both, mm. but I put a ton of work up front so it can kind of run without me now. Mm. Nice. And so, same thing with some of my other entrepreneurial ventures. My brother and I are opening up a restaurant, and catering, an event space. Wow. Okay. But like, it's like work up front. I know it's a <laughs> lot. Sometimes I feel kind of crazy when I start talking about it, all. but it's like you put the work in up front and then the business can run without you. Yeah. And so, I just really try and like one, find things that I actually really love doing and then strategize my time from there. And to be honest, I have a lot of free time, which I know it sounds crazy, but like I do. And that's the way I've set up my schedule and like my time investments and also just being strategic with your time blocking. Sure. Like being able to work really hard, get a lot of things done in a short amount of time. It's amazing what's possible if you kind of create like open-ended opportunities instead of viewing it like this has to be 40 hours a week yeah. or whatever. It is. Mm-hmm. So for sure. Yeah.
0: So um, tell me about the types of things. If somebody's new, they're like, yeah, I, this sounds great. I want to hear more. I want to learn from you. Business, life, all of the things. Um, What are some of the things you give guidance on with your business coaching, with your life coaching?
2: Yeah. A lot of it is centered initially around strategy in the beginning. Like outside the beauty industry, I've worked with, again, a lot of coaches, entrepreneurs, like lawyers, artists, authors, things like that. And it's always initial strategy sessions of like clarity what comes out of trying to gain clarity are usually a lot of blocks and limiting beliefs. So for instance, like, you know, I want to serve these people, but maybe they don't, I don't think that they exist. It's like, well, is that true? Like that's Mm examined. I want, you know, to make a hundred thousand dollars in my first year in this business. Is that possible? I don't think anyone's going to buy from me. We examine that. Yeah. So it's like it's clarity and then like kind of overcoming maybe any of the limits or the blocks that come with it in the beauty industry specifically It's client relationships, it's communication, it's showing up with confidence, it's pricing, it's consultations, like all of those things are great on the surface, start tapping into what's actually behind them, right? There's usually some limitations that come in that it can be worked through together. That's amazing. Um, What is your ideal coaching client? Yeah, so in the beauty industry, it would be someone who's probably kind of at their arc, like they're at their, they're just shy of their peak of like where they want to be. Um, And they're approaching that, but they need some assistance to get through. Um, I think there's a lot of resources for brand new clients. And that could be someone who maybe goes through the Color Coaching uh, Masterclass, someone who's maybe brand new to the industry or just starting out within their first maybe three years. But like the one-on-one clients are probably about 5 to 10 years in, they're looking to specialize, they're looking to double their color business even more, um, or they're a salon owner, and they want to really refine their culture and their message. But they're at that point where it's like they're ready for the next step, but they just need that extra guidance and clarity around it. Got it. Got
0: it. Speaking of, you know, you mentioned how your social kind of went off with that color correction, which is that's a good feeling, you know. (laughs) On your Instagram, you also show examples of how people can better their salon with refund policies, cancellation policies, client communications. What is the biggest piece of advice in those areas for people that are listening?
2: Yeah, I think it starts with a clear policy that you feel like you can stand behind. Mm -hmm. Number one, it's like if you don't have like, the ability to actually uphold it it doesn't matter if you have a policy or not so it has to have like that kind of strength and like that starts with clarity around like your worth as a stylist Mm -hmm. it's like what is my time worth like what like what's my energy worth like what am i willing to accept in this relationship with a client and i think that that is kind of a trigger point for a lot of stylists it's like oh i could never say that or my clients would never let me do that or whatever and it's like well, who's actually in control here then? <laughs> like right. like who, who's making the decisions for your business, you or your client? Exactly. So I would say all of them are important, but like whatever policies you feel like you can stand behind fully with confidence because you will be called forward to, to uphold them. And that's hard. Like I had to do it for a whole team as the salon owner and the manager. Mm-hmm. And so we all had to be on the same page. I'm like, you have to agree. That this is a policy you can uphold because if it comes down to the two of us, we can't waffle. Like, right. neither one of us get the waffle. <laughs> Solidarity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, we got to be on the same page. So, that to me is, is the biggest key. And, like, also developing confidence. One thing that I also encourage people to do is practice saying it. Yeah, like, actually point. get the words out of your mouth, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and having it systemized where it's so clear that there's no question. Cause I had policies that ended up being so clear where clients would call in and be like, I know there's a cancellation policy. I know I'm behind, I know I'm this. Like they had all the information that I didn't even have to say anything at that point. And I'm like, that's beautiful. I love that.
0: I love the thought that you said to say it out loud because we say it in our head, but it's like, I tend to be generally non-confrontational. And so that's a good lesson for me too.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But the practice isn't worth that. Anymore, <laughs> the practice. So.
0: Um, what is the one policy that you feel has made the biggest difference in your salons in your career thus far?
2: I would say the number one was the cancellation policy. Okay. Um, and I had actual like numbers to back that up, which was really beautiful. Our first year open my salon in Tampa. Um, we had a software that would track no shows and cancellations. We lost 25k first year oh. on no shows and cancellations. Oh because we had such big blocks of time right. for corrective color and things we implemented a really strong cancellation policy. Mm. The next year it was down to 3K. Wow. So it was like an immediate shift and of like revenue brought in. And so to me, I'm like, no brainer. Yeah, Like every salon needs a cancellation policy. We also used deposits and things like that for services over like three hours. Okay. So it really created a protection there. So I think just those two things together immediately changed like the actual revenue of the business. Wow. That's a great case study. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What is your cancellation policy?
2: So, it especially with corrective color, it was mm-hmm. um, a no call no show was 100% of the quoted fee. Okay. Wow. So it was pretty steep. Yep. And so every, every new client got a quote and got uh, some kind of pre-consultation whether it was digital or in person, virtual or in person. Okay then it kind of worked its way backwards we requested a 48-hour cancellation because of the block of time that we had like yep. most of our colors were four to six hours immediately wow and a 10 hour day that's 40 to 60 percent of your day immediately right so we requested a 48-hour cancellation anything outside of that incurred a 50 percent charge okay. and a non-refundable deposit but we did allow for those to be applied to another service if it was rebooked within a set period of time Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it.
0: That's a good one. I like that
2: it can still be applied because I guess
0: mm-hmm. in some cases, you know, something can happen out of someone's control too. Right. Right. Um, and that's kind of looking at both sides of it. So,
2: right. Yeah. Wonderful. And there was obviously like room for reasonableness with that. Right. Cause that's usually like a big rebuttal. It's like, well, what if someone gets in a car accident? It's like, well, you're a human. Like, obviously, like (laughs) communication is the key at that point. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think what it really is designed to do, and this is what I think I would love, like, stylists to take away from it's designed to eliminate like the disrespect and the disregard that clients were showing to our schedule. Right. And it's like if a client is showing and like showing up respectfully and actually caring, like, obviously, it's up to discretion, but like, you can utilize that discretion to say, like, this is a great client relationship. I'm going to extend you know, over and beyond customer service yeah, and like make an exception here. So it's not about being rigid or harsh. It's about creating a respectful relationship. Yeah. I love
0: that. Anything else you want to comment on in regards to the masterclass? I mean, you've got to be literally taking down the days until it goes live.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited. I just think it's an opportunity for like, you know, someone who resonates with like my style of teaching, which Mm -hmm. tends to be more like linear, strategic, logical, and like they need maybe more like Clarity and step by step, this is an opportunity to really tap in and like take your business to the next level. And so, really, like getting the confidence and the technical skill, building some amazing business systems, whether it's implementing different policies, getting your pricing honed in, figuring out how to actually schedule longer color services without losing money. And then also like tapping into the mindset work. I think that that's such a unique and different approach to like. If you are struggling with pricing, it's not like here, just take my system and implement it. It's like, no, let's talk about what actually makes you confident in implementing the system too. Right. So it feels aligned and locked in. So that's really what I'm trying to create with this program. Amazing. Well, I have no doubt
0: it's going to be very successful. Thank <laughs> so you. congratulations in advance. No. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to get to a little section we call the tease quick takes. And so yeah. that's where we're going to put you in the hot seat and ask you some more questions. So. The first one is: Let's say you're on a deserted island and can only bring three beauty products. What are you bringing? Okay, this is a hard one.
2: <laughs>
0: so you're like, is there color correction needed there, or no? Know,
2: like my first thought was like my skin. That's what I because I'm like kind of a freak about skincare. Anybody who knows me knows that. So I would bring the Mara Beauty sunscreen. Okay. And their Universal Oil. So that's two. Two out of the three would be skincare. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Because of my need for skincare, okay. um, then the next one would be um, okay. And also another thing, <laughs> I am kind of a freak about hydration. Okay, and I love Evian water. Okay, <laughs> so I would probably bring like unlimited cases. Of okay, <laughs> me. Yeah.
0: that's yeah. a good thing to bring to an island. Yeah, we're not yeah. going to Tom Hanks it and be like no. what.
2: So water, which I consider a beauty product mm-hmm. and like skincare, okay. sunscreen, universal oil, keep my face nice and hydrated. <laughs> like I like it. Stay out of the sun. Yeah, I,
0: I too am big on the, the skincare regime game, if you will. So I can appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, what was your first ever product that you owned? Like beauty product or hair product? Like, let's take it back.
2: I'm trying to think, of, like, I was trying to remember what it was. Um, I would say probably when I first started going to my hairdresser when I was like 15, messed up my hair, my mom brought me in had a big color correction, ended up cutting my hair really short. Mm. It was probably a KMS pomade. <laughs> like right. I like I had like a spiky pixie, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> and so I think it was probably that. Because my hairdresser at the time worked for KMS. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Po- all the pomades. All the pomades. Yeah. And then there was the Joyco pomade that smelled like Smarties or whatever yes. that came after. So
0: good. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least it wasn't sun.
2: And I think I would have been
0: disappointed as a color correction expert, should you have said sun.
2: No, sun. okay. But I did, I did use the L'Oreal <laughs> chunking kits in eighth grade where I like grabbed sections of my hair and like bleached panels, you know, that did. Amazing. Yeah. Do you think that's going to come back? I don't know. I know. I think either, even if it does, I don't know if I'm hopping on that train. So that one hits
0: hard, like back in I the day. I don't want to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are
2: you superstitious? And if so, about what? I don't think I am. Okay. I don't think I'm superstitious. I think like, I have in like my own healing journey and like personal development, I've really tried to tap into neutrality and detachment. Mm. And so it's like, even like in like superstitions and things like that, it's like taking the perspective of like, oh, that's interesting or observation versus like making something mean something. Cause like, even in like the coaching world, it's like, what are you making that mean for yourself? Like, that's a question we ask all the time. Right. So even with like superstitions, I'm like, oh, I don't think I am actually.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, Who would play you in a biopic of your life?
2: Oh, that's tough. Okay. So I had two thoughts with this. Okay. One, like early on when I was younger, I used to always get told I look like Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. As I got older, I don't know that I do necessarily the same, especially with brunette hair. So I would love to pick her. She's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my other thought is, even though I'm not British, I would love Adele <laughs> to play. <laughs> even though she's, And also that she's not an actress. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I just like love her essence. She's just... Yeah. Adele. Yeah, I'm like, I would want her to be an actress go brunette and then play me. Okay. She's got some things to do before she yeah. can. She needs to qualify, but yeah. <laughs> I just love her like vibe and her being. So yeah. I love it. What do you
0: consider the ultimate comfort food?
2: Um, okay. I love cupcakes. Okay. Those are my biggest. That's your jam. Give me a cupcake. Like, <laughs> and I'm pretty basic too. Like, I like a really good like vanilla cupcake with vanilla frosting if All it's right. good. Like, yes. Comfort. All right. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. What is advice for those who want to make it to the top of our
0: industry as we kind of close out? Like, what's your parting advice?
2: Yeah, it's twofold. Like, be willing to, like, work hard and say yes to things that are aligned. Like, but also spend time getting to know yourself first. Hmm. Like don't try and follow someone else's path blindly because you think that that's the version of success. Like I like that. really get to know what's aligned for you and like what, what creates the life that you want to live, not what creates the life that you think you should be living. Mm, I love that. That's wonderful.
0: And finally, where can people find you? Your socials, your website, we've got to be able to, to follow you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So across the social platforms, I'm Cassandra Platinum. Mm-hmm. So Instagram. I post a lot of hair content and a lot of business advice. Facebook. um, I'm on TikTok. Don't do a lot on there, but you can still find me there. Um, My website is CassandraPlatinum.com. And that's where you can sign up for the waitlist and get all information about my coaching programs, like one-on-one coaching, everything. And then you can also follow um, my uh, salon and retail space. It's Emerald Room Beauty on Instagram. And then the website is EmeraldRoomBeauty.com. And we have um, a really like, it's an interesting model where we have like different bath, body, skin care, hair care, things like that. So it's a full e-commerce and retail space. So. Ah, cool. I love that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. Thank you very much. You are On a mission in a lot of different areas. And you've been very, very successful. So thank you. (laughs) Wonderful to meet you. Everyone is going to love this episode. So thank you for your time today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Isn't that an interesting approach? I mean, it's so layered in like multifaceted training mm. over and above business building. And so I have no doubt that that dang waitlist for her coaching and business classes is going to fill up. So head on over to the show notes to check out how to get your spot. Get in there. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at ReadTheTease and send in questions to volume up at com.
1: We'll include that we'd like to see your salon spaces. Send those on over to. Please do. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Mana Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom Volume Up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.